Welcome to Enjoy Fort Wayne. This episode is brought to you by the Wild and I Farmers Market and highlights the 350 vendors that make up the number one market in the state of Indiana. Jen Netting, the tattooed cookie. Tattooed cookies. So how, the first thing that jumps out to me is how did you get tattooed? In, um, in the name. I mean, cookie, I understand. Right. Um, a lot of it has to do with the... I look at what I do, which is custom sugar cookies, is what I specialize in. Um, and I look at that as artistry, and it relates to tattoos. Oh, okay. And I happen to be a tattooed cookie. I, am, so, I have nine tattoos, See? Yes. You're uh, a tattooed cookie, too. <laughs> okay. I I love it. So that's how it came about. I was about. curious. Okay. And the logo is actually based on one of the tattoos that I have, which is my lotus. So, okay. Very cool. And there's a whole story to that. Okay. <laughs> so let's start with that, then. Let's okay. start with that. Um, so the lotus came about, I'm not a flower person, but the lotus came about because in 2014, my husband, um, sustained a brain injury and we went through a really, really dark time. We didn't know what was going on with him. There were some things that were happening in our personal lives. We ended up homeless because, you know, just medical bills and bankruptcy and things like that. And, um, one day we were sitting and we were talking and we happened to get on my husband's from southwest england so we were talking about coat of arms and on his coat of arms is a latin quote that says dumb spiro spiro and it means whilst i breathe i hope well then while you when you look at the lotus the lotus is the only flower that grows out of absolute darkness it's mud and it's dirty water and it's the harshest of of environments sure and yet when it blooms it is one of the most gorgeous flowers on the earth so out of that the the quote that kind of goes along with it is without mud there is no lotus there is no flower and that's kind of the way that i view that whole journey that time in our lives and so i got a watercolor lotus tattoo by a local artist and it's just kind of been you know, whilst I breathe, I hope has just been my motto for life since that time. So wow, that's where it came from. Well, that was a great show. Uh, <laughs> thanks for. I mean, geez, what am I supposed to say now? Like that was like the, my gosh, that is incredible. I love hearing stories like that. So okay, well, we have to rewind. We have to rewind. <laughs> so, are you from Fort Wayne area originally? Not originally. I moved here in 1976. Okay. Um, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee. But oh, nice. my parents kidnapped me when I was a youth <laughs> and moved me up to the north, um, which was a whole adjustment in and of itself. Because um, I don't sound like I'm from the south, but my heart is still in Tennessee. Um, <laughs> but, you know, first grade when I started school at South Wayne Elementary, they were not the kindest to a sweet little towhead blonde girl from Tennessee who spoke with a really deep southern accent. Yeah, yeah. And they said, you're not from around here, are you? And you're like, nope. The next week, my accent, like it was gone. I just, yeah, I changed my whole persona. Uh-huh. So technically, I say I'm from Fort Wayne. Yeah, I mean, 76. I mean, yeah. I've been here since 88. And I'm 53. So I've been here for a long time. Yeah. I'm I'm 42 and I've been here since 88. So I mean I'm not from here either, but it's like okay, at a certain point you can just are, right? You just I just am. <laughs> but being from near San Francisco, being from Nashville, those are cool places. They so are. 
So I still like to say kind of I'm from, you know. Yeah, I say I'm from Tennessee, but I live in Indiana. Yeah, for so. sure. But we claim you now, so. Yeah, thank you. That's, yeah. But now I'm going to leave again, so, but that's okay. That's <laughs> right. a whole other story. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, okay, uh, walk us through the story of becoming an entrepreneur. When you were coming out of school, uh, did you go to college? Baking was the last thing on my mind. I never, I, I was not. Even when you were like 18, 19, no. you, did, you just didn't? Or I mean, I what? baked with my mom. Like, you know, being from the South, like we had certain things you had to know how to do, right? Sure, you couldn't fair. come out of diapers unless you knew how to make a pecan pie. I'm just saying. <laughs> we fair. didn't do potty training. We did pecan <laughs> pie training, right? <laughs> so, hey. um, so I did little things, but it was never on my radar to mm. be a baker. I always wanted to, I wanted to be a performer, I wanted to go to Broadway and I was going to be on stage and, you know, like that was, and then life hits. And um, the reason the bakery came about was because I met my husband at the end of 2000 in an internet chat room <laughs> and um, 2001, March of 2001, we decided that we were going to try this intercontinental thing. Um, he came over four times to visit. In his last visit, he never went home. We had quite a harrowing um, experience at Detroit Metro Airport where they kept him in interrogation for three hours and wouldn't even tell me he was home. So by the time we reunited in the middle of the airport, I said, either you marry me or we got to call this off. And he was here up until 2020. Wow. Um, yeah. So when all this happened, um, he was here for a long time, you know, introduced him to American foods like biscuits and gravy. Right. And a Brit, when you tell them brisket, biscuits and gravy, it's a whole oh, other conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you put gravy on biscuit? I'm like, it's not a cookie. <laughs> right, right, right. A biscuit is a cookie. Fish and chips is like, well, fish and chips is the same here. But right. Little things like that. And little, yep. Mayonnaise for their French fries. Oh, yeah. And they don't call them French fries. They call them chips, right? They're chips, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of cultural things. So he went through his time period, you know, eating American foods and loved them. Lee's famous recipe chicken is his favorite <laughs> chicken place. Hey, it's good chicken. It is good chicken. <laughs> I mean, how could you not like it? But, uh, you know, and hey, he likes his food. So um, <laughs> it, it about a decade into when he had been here, he said, you know, I'm really starting to miss some of the things I used to have back home. He's like, I miss a really good scone. I miss, you know, Bakewell tarts, which is like a whole other dessert that they, you know, and like um, Battenberg cakes, things like that. So I started to learn how to make European pastries. So that how did I you, How did you learn? Oh, I just Google. Google was my friend. Because <laughs> I guess back then it was around. Yes. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. We had we had the internet. <laughs> I'm not that old. Well, no, I'm thinking at first <laughs> you met at 2000, but and going from there, yeah, 20. Yeah, it was past... about 2012 is when I actually started my very first rendition of the business, and it okay, was the sure. Englishman's Wife. It's appropriately named. Okay. Um, and I specialized in scones and started to learn more about European pastries and things like that. Um, Did he like them right away? Did you nail it? Uh, not like, right away. No. Did he help you? Kind of like, okay, well, oh, I think did. it's because it's this and this. And... Yep. And there are, th there are things to a scone that's it's very specific. So if you 
alter one of those steps, it totally tastes the, it changes the taste. It changes the texture and it just doesn't sit right. So, um, so he was my, he was my sounding board for a lot, definitely a lot of taste testing. Um, but it just, it bloomed from there and it started off the Englishman's wife and then it went to, okay, I'm just going to specialize in scones. So then I went to let's get sconed. Um, and then <laughs> someone it. told me to start doing cookies and the tattooed cookie was born. So do you still do the, the scones and those things that are more known to be across the pond? I do. Um, matter of fact, that's what, I mean, anybody who's been to the farmer's market, right, you know that there's bakers everywhere you turn. Each one of us has a niche. Yeah. Um, and there's something for everybody. And I love the fact that, I'm just going to little plug for the, for the market, I love the fact that the majority of the bakers are more about community as opposed to competition. If there's things that I have that somebody else doesn't, they don't hate on me because people come and buy from me, right? And I'm the same way. If I have somebody that wants gluten-free, which I don't do, I am all gluten all the time, I know who I can send them to. Right. Right. And we do that. So um, so I want to preface by saying that because we each develop our own little thing. And most of my bakes are British bakes. If you've ever watched the Great British Baking Show, which most Americans are riveted by it. <laughs> They are more rich as opposed to sweet. So there's a difference in the yes. taste and the texture. You know, when I talk to people, um, so my aunt, um, she's from, she moved here in 79 and she is from Belgium and she always says, oh, not too sweet. Too mm -hmm. People from not America will come and try our stuff. And they always say that to me that yep. This stuff, it's too sweet. They're just not used to it. Right. So to your point, like, I totally get that. And Americans will say the opposite when they travel abroad, right? Those, oh, that food's really bland. It's not that it's bland. <laughs> they, they're they not addicted to sugar like we are. And there's a sugar addiction. A hundred percent. And I'm all about and it. profiting off it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so like, <laughs> right? I'm, like, like, hey. I'm like, hey, I understand y'all that are detoxing, but don't ruin my business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, so, yeah, so they say the same thing, but it's because it's just a different way of cooking. Um, so, yeah, so I, mine are definitely more rich and you still get that full flavor, but I don't use as much sugar as a lot of North American bakers do. Sure. That's so. very interesting. And obviously it makes sense. makes sense why. Um, so let me ask you about when you first started going and right before maybe that you started at the market. Was there a turning point where you said, I don't know if I can do this? Like, was there something Every that- Every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Every day. Um, I, you know, I tell you what, number one, baking and the vending side of life is not for the faint of heart. Mm. Right. And, and especially, so you, big difference between other vendors and bakers is you have somebody say they make candles or they do crochet. You can start in January and make your whole stock for the rest of the year. Right. I can't do that. So Saturday after market, I'm already planning out my next days, you know, this is what I've got to get ready so that I can bake the whole next week. 100% because, yeah. It's hard, right? So there's no downtime. And it's just me 
And I do this out of my little itty bitty kitchen where I literally, my rolling pin is wider than the countertop space that I have to use it on. So like I'm in very close quarters. I do a lot of my prep on my stovetop, right? <laughs> so it's like you just kind of, you make amends or you make adjustments for what it is that you, that you have to do. Yeah. So it's just me. So I start early in the week and, um, I still come out with a, a full table of stuff by Saturday morning. I don't know how I do it, but it's hard work. Yeah. You know, a lot of dedication and you have to be passionate about it enough. And, yep. and so, that doesn't even count the time that you're cultivating your recipes. You know, I've got a, I'm, I'll just be honest. I got an oatmeal raisin cookie that I will put against anybody's anywhere. I have developed this recipe over 10 years, 10 years. I have developed I've put my blood, sweat, and tears into this one recipe. And, you know, that's, to me, that's something to be proud of. And, like, I talk about that. And that's what I, I, I said. Guarantee you won't find another oatmeal raisin cookie like that anywhere on the market. Man. That, anywhere. Of course, yeah. I'm, Commercial or local. You know what I mean? You just. I, awesome. I would join a competition right now if I could, <laughs> if there was one out there. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, I talked to, to Ashley, our, our fearless leader, about different ideas for events that we can do because we have use of that building. And mm -hmm. um, I want to do like pizza fest or <sighs> we talked about not another fest fest where it's non-alcohol and people bring in their other stuff. Oh, there's all kinds of teas and sodas and um, that not only sell at the market, at our market, but just in general, there's people where we could do something like that and have, you know, we have a ton of bands that come and play. Absolutely. We could call one of them up and say, w would you play for this event? You know, there's all kinds of ideas that we like that we're trying to think of to do. And that'd be cool to have oh, something like that. A cookie that. tasting like, contest? Yeah. Let's and like, do it. <laughs> and then have like, so just, we're literally thinking out loud on this podcast right now. <laughs> but it would be cool to have like, okay, your peanut butter, your chocolate chip cookie, your oatmeal raisin, mm -hmm. right? Like, and go through maybe like fudge, you know, or like something like that, right? I think it'd be great. Wouldn't that be fun? I'd love to see it. Like, that would be so cool. We could make it an event. People come maybe like even a couple dollars to come and everyone splits the profits and we donate part of it to whatever organization or whatever. Absolutely. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? I think so. Have a band and stuff and... You have until mid-January. Let's to, do it. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's let's go. Man, that would be super fun. It would be. That'd be cool. So, okay, now let's talk about how you got associated with the number one market in the state. Number five in the in the whole, no, number five in the, number three in the Midwest and number five overall. I'm actually yes. saying that right. Uh, I think that's pretty, I think that's what I remember. <laughs> it's been a minute since the the results came out. I know. But that sounds accurate. Number one in the state. We yes. do know that. We know that for sure. Hands down. Uh, how did you get involved with the Wild Knife Farmer's Market? Um. Okay, so this, again, goes back to my husband's story. Um, my In 2020, my husband had to return to England um, simply because... And I'm not saying anything disparaging, but the healthcare system in America is not overly friendly to immigrants. I'm just going to put it that way. He was fully disabled. And because he didn't have the work history, you know, like his disability that he was getting was way lower than even like the monthly minimum. Right. So we had to make the, the difficult decision for him to go home. 
Um, so November of 2020, my husband and my youngest son, who was 16 at the time, who's a dual national, uh, hopped on a plane and went back to England. And the original plan was, okay, let him go over there, get the medical help that he needs. Maybe he can return. There's no way he can come back. It just, with the, with the treatment that he needs yeah, and his status. He can't get it here. Cannot get it here. And that's, that's nothing against, I'm not trying to be anti-American. That's no, no. just the reality of our situation. Yeah, it's our very situation. unfortunate. That's not good. Yeah, it's you're not good at all. So then the whole process came, how do I get over there? We've been living on two different continents for three years. Um, so the decision was, okay, I'm going to take my company public because before then I had just been doing special orders. Friends, you know, hey, I've, I've got a dinner party coming up. Can you make Can, something? Yeah. Right? Simple. Right. Um, and through the encouragement of another vendor who are very good friends of ours and knowing that my goal then was to use my bakery to raise the fees that I needed to be able to apply for my relocation to the UK. Yeah. Um, I had to, I had to improve my reach. I had to get out there and the farmer's market was one way that I could tap into that. So, um, at my friend's encouragement, I applied and I started back February was my first. So I started at last year's winter market about halfway through the season. So sure. And that was, what yeah. can you say about the market as far as why you why you do so well there with all the people like what is it about the market that makes it you know to you so great oh, what isn't there i mean so first of all i mean first of all there's variety right so you have we have hundreds of vendors right like i'm waitlisted for december ashley um <laughs> Um, Which you is know, crazy, yeah, I, right? I but mean, that's so fantastic. Many, yeah, right, right, right. Like great for the market, sucky for me, <laughs> but great for the market. Right, right, right. Um, but you know, it, it's a whole different vibe. Like even when you go down there, I have not met a single person that's walked up to or past my table that wasn't friendly. You know, I have met people from over the city. They're like, oh. I saw you on, right, because I've done community theater in Fort Wayne. I did for more than 40 years. I just retired last November, December. Um, and, you know, people recognize me from being on stage, right? Like things like that. And it's like, oh, and then you you meet people outside of your little bubble, right? It was, I mean, to me, that socialization, and especially since I've been living by myself for so long now, I don't get to talk to people other than my dogs, and they just kind of look at me with a very blank stare. <laughs> um, but, you know, so like getting out there and meeting the people. So you have on one respect, you've got here's all the vendors. And, you know, for the most part, I will say the camaraderie that happens is fantastic. Right. Like I've met people that I never would have met before because we right. just didn't run in those circles. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you have the public. There are amazing people out there. They show up in droves, don't they? In droves. Like and, thousands of And people. if you take the time to talk to them, right, and just and get to know them, and then you can then sometimes you'd be like, hey, the last time you mentioned you'd like such and such. You know what? I brought this out if you want. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, you, you just form those kinds of relationships. And I don't, all of it has just been, 
I have not had too many negative experiences. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, nothing's perfect, of course. Nothing's but, like, perfect. Overall, like wow, it does kind of like oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yep. In a good there's way. that mud for the bloom, right? So here we go yeah. again. It all balances. So the lotus, yes. Yep, the lotus. Which I did not know that about the. I mean. I've heard of a lotus flower and seen, but like I didn't realize that it can come from basically nothing. Dark dirt. Dark dirt, yeah. yeah. And that's what- Muddy waters. Yeah, you're able to make it through through muddy waters, right? Yep. That is so cool. Um, so this this next question goes along with that, actually. It's um, one of my, usually my last question. And- <laughs> Usually? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think it if it's ever not been, but <laughs> so the mayor tasks you with a job. Okay. Oh. You, you ready? This is hypothetical. I missed that proclamation. Hi- hypothetical. Oh, hypothet- hypothetical. Okay. All yeah. right. He's tasking me. <laughs> hypothetically, he's tasking me with. With you are to come up with a saying that you want. It's It's going to be on. Everyone in the whole county can see it. It's going to be up on the tallest building. It's going to be a phrase. It's going to be a sentence. It's going to be whatever. And it's going to be from you. So what would you want to tell the entire county, Northeast Indiana, like whatever? Everyone's going to see this sign that's posted. And you get to call the shots on it. Oh. You know, there's... One really, really positive thing that I will say about Fort Wayne, okay, and, and anybody that has talked to me knows that it's not, <laughs> it's not ever where I wanted to be, right? It's my home, but I probably never would have chosen it. But the one thing, the one really positive thing I will say about Fort Wayne is that it is the biggest small town ever, right? We have got, and I don't even know what it is, there is not a day when I go out in public, because I work from home, so I sometimes I don't leave my house, fair, right? Fair. Yeah. So there's not a day when I don't venture out that I don't see somebody I know. In a city of 270 some odd thousand people, I see somebody I know. Same. I can stop in the middle of the store or walking down the street downtown and see someone and have a conversation in the middle of the street. I can't imagine doing that in, no offense, Chicago, San Francisco, no, New no, York no, City, no. of course not, right? No, that's no, so it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, just, but just Fort Wayne, it's just everybody seems to know everybody, and if you don't know them personally, I guarantee you, you've got five hundred friends and mutual on social media, right? Like, it's just, it's the biggest little small town. It's wild. It truly it's is crazy. I feel exactly the same, no matter where I go. Either I I'm going to a restaurant and I see someone eating that I know, or the they just hired a new server and oh I know her or mm-hmm. whatever it is like it's just that way. Whether I'm at Kroger, well it doesn't matter. Whether yep. I'm at um, at the market, of course I'm getting to know all you vendors. I know you guys, but the people that come and shop, I'll, oh hey, you know him? Oh yeah, I know him through him. And then right, I mean it's like it's just the way it is. And now. Be honest, you don't even feel that weird when it happens. You're almost no. expect it. You're almost like, oh, yeah, hey, John. Yep. You don't even, like, think about it or, like, think that it's all that weird. But when you break it down, 
It's very weird. It is weird. It, I mean, come on. He's like, I come from a, my husband comes from a village, right? That now is a town, has 15,000 people, right? Yeah, so people know. He's but even like, there? He can't even walk. He's like, I don't know who that person is. He's like, you come in this city <laughs> with, you know, 270 some odd thousand people and you know people. And I'm like, that's just, and it's happened organically where you just meet people. Other times it's been networking. The networking in Fort Wayne is like nothing I have ever seen. Yeah. I just, I cannot believe <laughs> the number of, I mean, somebody just mentioned your name and all of a sudden you're like talking to five other people about different opportunities, whether you're, you know, looking into like helping them promote their business or, you know, doing things like finding out about auditions for local theaters, like all kinds of stuff. And you just one person introduces you to somebody else who and it's a snowball effect. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's so incredible. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fort I will say Fort Wayne has really got that going for it. Yeah. That's so. one of the things I, I love about it. So um, for the time being, we can find you. Every is it every Saturday for now? Uh, through the end of November, Ashley. Um, <laughs> right, right. So we got to get you on. Yeah, I've I've got through the end of November, and then I'm back on December 23rd. So it's, it's three weeks in between at the beginning. So some of y'all vendors need to drop out so Jen can get a spot. Let, let her know. Um, <laughs> now, also though, if you, for special orders, what is the best way if someone has a special order, especially after listening? And they're like, oh, you know, I would love her to make X, Y, Z. What's the best way to get a hold of you? I do have my Facebook page, um, okay. which is the Tattooed Cookie. Um, and I just actually renamed it. So it's the Tattooed Cookie Custom Cookies and Bakehouse. Okay. Um, so you can find me on Facebook. I don't Instagram a whole lot. So um, don't do that. But I have my business cards that are out there. Um, yeah, when I'm they're in, at the market. An so. email, a text. Like I'm one of those. I don't. I do all my business off my phone. So, yeah. you know, getting a text at 10 o'clock at night is not abnormal for me. That's how the world runs now. That's how it runs. So. So, but yeah, absolutely. I always have my, um, my marketing materials out on my table at the market. Yeah. Um, my, the, of course, the email address, which is getsconedwithjen at gmail.com. Okay. Um, can email me. You know, I try to remain pretty, uh, you know, tag me in a post, whatever. Like. Yeah. No, love it. I'm always around. <laughs> so make sure you pick up a tattooed cookie from our lovely Lotus flower that joined us today. Thank you, Jen, for coming on the show. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Caraggio Media. The show was edited by me and sponsored by the Wild and I Farmers Market. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest updates. We will see you next week where we will be sure to show you how you can enjoy Fort Wayne.